The distance between who I am and who I want to be is only separated by my actions and words. Brian Solis. Welcome to Living at Your Finest podcast show. I'm your host, Dr. Babs. I am a triple board certified family, obesity, and lifestyle medicine physician. I'm also the founder of my online holistic wellness company, Living at Your Finest. This podcast is devoted to helping my community to live at their finest by being empowered with the pillars of lifestyle medicine to nourish and flourish as a whole, vibrant, and healthy champion. It is estimated that 80% of lifestyle-related chronic diseases within our community are preventable. So it's about time that we change this narrative for the better. So join me and my guests as we share transformational and sustainable skill sets from our own health and wellness journey to support you and your families in achieving ultimate well-being. So I hope you're ready to live at your finest. Well, let's get to it. Living at your finest health champions. Greetings. I hope all is well. Welcome to the Living at Your Finest podcast show. I hope that you're as excited as I am for this episode. We have an amazing topic, 10 best practices to achieve weight wellness. We know we all need this, especially during the holiday season where we have a lot going on. So we definitely need to maintain our weights. This is usually a time of the year that I am so stressed because there's so much to do. And uh, I indulge in so much, so many, so many food options that are available. But I've learned over the years, these best practices has helped me to maintain weight and has helped my clients and patients to maintain weight. So I would love to share this with you. So welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for investing time in your health and wellness. So what we're going to dive in today is going to be focused on the 10 best practices to achieve weight wellness. I'm going to define what weight wellness is, as well as the parameters, and we will talk about these 10 best practices to achieve weight wellness. So what does weight wellness mean? Um, You might see it in some places referred to as weight management. Well, it just means the process of adapting a long-term lifestyle modification to maintain a healthy body weight on the basis of the person's age, their sex, and their height. Now, as we are aware, whatever this is has a ripple effect on the state of our well-being, the state of our, our minds, our body, our spirit. It really does impact everything. So what are some of those parameters that we use to, you know, quantify our weight? Now, the commonly used one is the BMI. And hopefully in the next few years, we'll just move away from that because it doesn't give you the whole picture, the body composition. So it just measures your height over your weight and it's gives you a calculation and it BMI just means body mass index. So it tells you if you're 18.5 to 24.9, it means it's a normal weight, right? Um, If it's 25 to 29.9, it means overweight. And if you're 30 to 34.9 is obesity class one. As much as I don't like using that word, a more friendlier word will be extra weight. 
and 35 to 39.9 is obesity class 2, and 40 and above is obesity class 3. It used to be referred to as morbidly obese, but that is moving away. And slowly, hopefully, at some point, we'll move away from even the terminology of obesity and just refer to it as extra weight. But again, as I said, BMI it, it could be very misleading because again, you know, if I, if I check my weight and I'm on my cycle, it can vary based on, you know, fluid balance. Um, if, especially for African-Americans that are big bones, that could also play a factor. So the more definitive way of, of really paying attention to if there's excess weight is the waist circumference, which a few clinics are already adapting. So when we talk about waist circumference, we're talking about putting a tape measure just across your um, umbilicus, so like your belly button. And for men, it shouldn't be greater than 40 inches. So that's 102 centimeters. Now this varies based on ethnicity. So you would need to look that up. But generally for African-Americans, it shouldn't be greater than 40 inches for men. And for females, it shouldn't be greater than 35 inches. Because if it is, then that is considered having visceral fat. So um, you have excess um, fat deposition in the abdominal area, which unfortunately leads to a lot of complications. In achieving these 10 best practices, we need to know why, right? So the first tip is, what is your why? As I already alluded to, extra pounds do increase your weight. And as your weight increases, it causes major health problems. So the two main ways that excess fat affects the body is one, it causes a deranged endocrine and immune response. So it's known as sick fat disease, and it just really elevates the blood pressure. It causes the insulin not to work well. So there's glucose issues, there's cholesterol clogging um, and other metabolic diseases that occur. The second issue that occurs with excess fat is known as the fat mass disease. And that is where we have more of a mechanical and structural effect. So as you can imagine, the excess weight on the joints, um, there's risk of acid reflux, sleep apnea, um, there's also knee issues. So there are quite a bit of complications that can arise from just having excess weight. So the first thing is, why do you want to ensure that you have weight wellness because you want to avoid the chronic diseases that are attributed to excess weight. So whether being overweight or obese, right? So we have all the things that I mentioned. Other ones to note is depression, some form of cancer, stroke. All of this can become a ripple effect. So know your why. Your why is what will convince you to pay attention to what those challenges are, what those obstacles, what are your past experiences with these and, and begin to imagine yourself being healthy and whole and full of vitality. So that's the first tip. Know your why. What are you trying to avoid? In my situation, I was trying to avoid high blood pressure. I was trying to avoid chronic fatigue. And that was why I wanted to achieve weight wellness. Tip two, you want to start small. After you've figured out what your challenges are, what are your obstacles, you want to, you want to start small by applying these 
lifestyle habits, right? You don't want to go all out and do multiple things at the same time because it can become overwhelming. And unfortunately, when we become overwhelmed, human beings, we just throw in the towel and we're like, you know what, forget this. I'm not doing anything anymore. So starting small always makes things easier. It makes it achievable. It makes it sustainable as well. So you don't want to go from zero all the way to 100. I've done that so many times and I just fell on my face. The other reasons why we want to start small is because when we start small, those small steps add up to become big steps. Master University, where participants cycled for 10 minutes three times a week, had similar gains as others who cycled for 50 minutes three times a week. So you will still get the benefits. It's the consistency that matters, but you want to get started. Just start. Mark Twain said the secret of getting ahead is getting started, right? Other reasons why we want to start small is because success breeds success. Yes. Okay. Let me repeat that again. Success breeds success. So a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, right? So we want to start small. It's compound interest. And these add up and motivates us, right? It motivates us. We can learn from errors and mistakes and and pivot and not feel like it's all or nothing. Other things that would encourage us and we've seen as benefits to start small is as we continue and we see the gains, we are consistent. So doing it consistently, uh, you know, just gets rid of the decision fatigue. You just know it's something you're going to do, whether you feel it like it or not. Motivation, yeah, will get you started, but that's going to die out very quickly. So starting small will keep you consistent, will keep your progress going, and it will avoid the overwhelm. So these are all the reasons why you want to start small. So if, if you say, oh, I don't drink water, I only drink one cup. Well, I would say for one week, test it out. Just try and see what can you do to make your drinking water fun. Maybe add some strawberries, maybe a slice of lemon, and just add one more cup. That's all. Don't say you're going to drink a gallon and then you go buy a big gallon and then you just fail and you're like, you know what? I can't do this. Just start small. Okay. Step three, you want to select a healthy nutritional plan that you can Stick to that will last. I have said it so many times if you've been listening to my podcast that I was just like a diet junkie. I jumped on every fad diet possible any humanly possible, whether out of curiosity or just let's see how much weight I can lose on this. But I didn't pay attention to, is this something I can do lifelong? Is this something I can see myself doing? There's so many out there. There's the keto, there's the Mediterranean, there's so much. Oh my goodness. Sometimes it just makes you feel like you're in this paralysis world, but you want to keep it simple. The way I keep healthy nutrition plans simple, it's two main things. Keep your plate balanced a balanced plate always will have fiber, fiber rich food, which will keep you full and fruits and veggies. So one thing I know that there's no argument about is fruits and veggies that we should always have at least a minimum. You can have more, but a minimum of three servings, right? And then so many of them, so many you can pick from. If you say, oh, I don't like this. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Okay. What's about asparagus? Do you like broccoli? Some people say, well, I don't like it eaten raw. Okay, fine. Saute it. So just make sure your plate is balanced. That's one. Balanced, half of your plate's veggie. The other half is split into two, right? A quarter will be your whole grains, um, carbs, right? And then the other quarter will be your protein. But you want to prioritize more 
plant protein. So things like um, beans and legumes. Um, if you do eat animal product, you want to be very careful that you're not eating red meat. You want to minimize how much of it you eat because of the high saturated fat. So always, always make your plates balanced. Even when you're snacking, make sure that it's a balanced snack. If you're only eating carbs, you have the tendency of eating more because those foods, unfortunately, unhealthy carbs, processed carbs, um, they will just have you eat more and more. And when you eat more and more of it, you're going to pack up the pounds, right? So make it balanced and two, make it as whole as possible. So things like great grandparents recognize as food, right? So eat the apple instead of drinking apple juice, cut back on processed foods. So foods that go through so many processing, highly processed. Unfortunately, when you do that, that just affects the gut microbiome and it doesn't let the body function at its best. The bacteria are just so hungry and they can't work well. And all you're feeding is the bad bacteria, which is jumping for joy and not doing anything good but just causing you to be sick and piling on pounds. So very important tip three, make sure you pick a nutrition plan that you can stick with, right? One that you're not going to fall off the wagon and um, you, you enjoy it and you explore and you keep at it. Okay. Tip four, you want to plan, 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 plan ahead. All right. So if you know, I am a sweet tooth. I already know that about myself. And most of us are wired to be sweet tooth. Whenever I see somebody that is not sweet tooth, they say, I don't like sweet. I'm like, can I be you? Because it's a constant struggle for me. So I know what not to keep in my house, right? I, you know, I love my fruits. I do love my veggies. I would eat that anytime, any day, but I promise you if I have cookies and cake in the house, I will totally ignore my fruits and veggies. So I keep it away. And then, you know, my kids are also the same. So if we eat it, we eat it outside and we take a little, we share the calories and we're done. All right. So we keep healthier versions in the house. The same reason why I keep juice out of my house. We only get it on special occasion because we would not prioritize our water anymore. So you have to know yourself, right? But you need to plan. The planning helps you to get rid of decision fatigue. It helps you to get rid of your need to use willpower because there's no such thing. You know, we all make so many decisions. You know how many decisions we make? in a day there's so many i mean it's in the thousands and then you have to start deciding whether you want to eat this or eat that so really just make it simple for yourself have this the skill set have the healthy options nearby cut chop park plan ahead that will definitely take away the decision fatigue and you're not piling the pounds like over during especially during the holidays when i go shopping now i make sure that i don't go hungry because i will find everything attractive my kids know me now anytime i come home with anything that doesn't look healthy they'll ask me were you hungry did you go shopping hungry so plan plan prep meals if you're not somebody that likes to prep meal just make it simple right but be ready be ready because it's going to happen all right tip five now this is so important that we understand this. We should never have this mentality that I'm going to work out and burn a, a donut. I'm going to work out, you know, burn the pizza because really you cannot outrun a bad diet. So you want to pay attention to what you're eating. So movement is good, excellent, but know that the movement is really to sustain your health. It's to reduce stress, it's to help with muscle building, it's to help with flexibility and mobility. It's, so you want to make sure that 
you're focusing primarily on your nutrition. And even after you move, which is good for us, you also want to make sure you're hydrated, you're eating the right foods, you want to prioritize your protein so that your muscles can heal and rebuild. All right, so that is very, very important. Tip five, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode of the Living at Your Finest podcast. My goal on this podcast is to empower, educate, and encourage you to take actionable steps to triumph at living at your finest body mind and spirit of note the information provided here is for educational purposes and does not substitute for medical advice please discuss your health concerns with a licensed medical professional in addition the content here does not reflect those of any organization that i'm employed by or affiliated with if you're in need of more in-depth content on best practices to ensure that you live at your finest daily, please join me on Facebook or YouTube at Living at Your Finest with Dr. Babs, where we learn and grow together. Friendly reminder to subscribe to iTunes if you haven't done so already. Share this podcast within your circle of influence and please leave a review. I would love to hear from you. Now let's get back to today's episode. So tip number six. We need to pay attention to what our hunger cues are, and we need to be able to delineate the difference between physical and emotional hunger. Now, the way I know if I am craving for something or I'm actually hungry is if I'm choosy about what I eat. If I'm actually hungry, I would eat anything. I would eat my broccoli, I would eat my asparagus because I'm really hungry. But if I'm emotional, I'm stressed, then I wouldn't want to eat broccoli. And that's the same test I use in the house with my kid. I'm like, you're hungry? Okay, have an orange, have an apple. And they say, no, I don't feel like it. But then you're not hungry. That is that is emotional hunger. And unfortunately, when we're eating emotionally, it's all food cravings that we have. And we're just snacking on things that are not healthy. And as you know, those will pile up pounds. When we eat foods that we crave for, we should typically process carbs. The body can only handle so much and the rest of it is stored as fat. It's stored and causes inflammation, gives, it just really stresses out the pancreas so that the insulin is overwhelmed and there's a whole cascade of things that go on. So we really have to be honest with ourselves and pay attention to our emotions. Is it when you drive past a Dunkin' Donut that you're hungry? Or is it when you're stressed that you feel like you want to eat something? So it's very important that we know what our cues are and to guard ourselves against them. So that is tip number six. If you do not know, you cannot take care of it. If you measure something, you can monitor it. So that's very important. All right, tip number seven, you want to always stay hydrated very, very important for you to maintain weight wellness. It matters what you drink. You have to stay hydrated. This is so important. 70 to 80% of our body is made out of water. And when we're not hydrated, unfortunately, the body is sluggish. We don't have the hormones and the body processes working at its best. And we have um, fat deposition even enhanced in the absence of water. And unfortunately, when we are dehydrated, there's a tendency to, to eat more food and crave more food. So we need to drink water. We need to stay hydrated. We need to have our bottles ready, preferably glass, and we always have to fill them up and set a schedule for yourself. For me now, before I go to bed, I heat up my water, I warm it up and I squeeze some lemons and I put it right by my bedside. So that's the first thing I'm drinking when I wake up. And then I time myself by noon, I'm supposed to drink another four ounces. So maybe 
make a schedule for yourself and just tweak it, see how it works for you. But really tip seven is staying hydrated. Tip eight is schedule fun for yourself so that you're living at your finest, finest, the T says take time out for yourself. It helps to release stress. It helps to prevent overeating. I'm, I'm an emotional eater, but I'm healing from that. So I create time to listen to music and enjoy a, a nice book and, and just go out in nature. There's so much more we can do um, to, to take time out for ourselves that prevents us from um, overindulging in things as a form of relieving stress. So we want to definitely take time out for ourselves, um, volunteer, do, just do something, just do something fun other than sitting down and eating and piling up the pounds. It always helps. Tip nine, definitely it, I'll be remiss if I don't say anything about sleep. Sleep is so important. We need to sleep. When we don't sleep, there's a cascade of things that happen. We are actually craving more food because we have the hormone called ghrelin that is just hungry. It's not suppressed. So we wake up just feeling hungry and eating everything. And the satiety hormone called leptin is not working at its optimal. So it's not even recording that we're full. So we need to sleep. The average amount is seven to nine. We want to make it consistent, quality and quantity. Sleep prioritization really helps. I promise you there have been periods when I've tested it on myself and just having a good night rest, I've woken up losing pounds, losing weight. And the opposite is true when I'm sleep deprived or I've, you know, I have things going on and I don't sleep and I feel not only tired, I'm eating a lot, but I wake up, have gained one or two pounds. So sleep prioritization is so important. It's also important because it reduces the cortisol level. Well, while we're awake, we've, we, we've increased the cortisol, which cortisol unfortunately causes a lot of fat deposition around the abdomen. Another thing to even make it worse is when we, when we don't sleep, the growth hormone that helps with fat metabolism doesn't, does, is not activated. So there's so many reasons why we need to prioritize sleep. So that would definitely help to keep our weight wellness at optimal. And the last but not the least is accountability. Accountability matters. You know, they say, if you want to go far, go alone. But if you want to go further, I think that's how it said, you go together. So, um, you know, look for a team of like-minded people and the one to maintain your weight um, and, and do it together. Encourage each other. Um, my husband and I hold each other accountable. Definitely look out for accountability partners. I am available if you are needing some further assistance. And you know, as we begin to wrap up, I want you to know that it's the taking action that is the most important part of everything that I've said. And that's where the rubber hits the road, right? If you've invested time to listen today, we've talked about those 10 tips, spoken about what weight wellness means. How can we know if we're well? Now, the taking action is where people usually get lost. And I want you to commit to yourself that you're not going to be one of those that would get lost. You're going to start small, right? So commit to get it started small, commit to prioritizing a, a nutrition plan that you can stick with. So you would commit, you would develop that action plan and be ready to embrace discomfort, right? Rome wasn't built in a day. So don't expect to be perfect on day one. All right. But be intentional about your actions. Think about what you're doing. Think about 
about each day, you know, what your day looks like. If you're going to have a really busy and rough day, plan ahead. Like the days when I'm in clinic all day, I know that I just getting my water in is challenging. So I try to get as much as I can before I go into work. So you have to have intentional actions and you want to be consistent. Again, consistency is what is going to keep you going. So I really appreciate you all health champions for listening in and hanging into the very end. I hope that you find this information, not just inspiring, but something that you can implement and and you'll reach out to me and let me know how it went. So you know, I would like to hear what your um, what what your big goals were and how did you break them into smaller goals to help you achieve your weight wellness. As always, I would like for you to please share, subscribe, and leave a statement of your experience. Remember that we are on this journey of health together, and we're stronger together when we help one another. We stay healthier together when we encourage each other. So, on to the next episode, please remember to live at your finest, whole vibrant and healthy because you deserve it and you are certainly worth it. Take care and God bless.